0: When you play at Montana and so much success, like you think you're going to win, like right? you're not used to losing, so you just have this culture that we win, we win, we win. And then once you make the national championship, I mean, you obviously know that you can compete with anybody at that level, and just gives you confidence in the next year. And then it gives you you feel more hungry to go out and win it. You know you can get there. You know you can do it. And then it's just, again the trials and tribulations of a year of football. It's hard. There's so much going on with young athlete games and travel, school, and it's always one of those things where you know you can do it, but can you get back to it? Can you win it? That's everybody's goal. It's very difficult to do, but we have a solid senior team we had good leaders we had uh, good coaches and we knew we had the ability to not did we know we were going to win it no
1: cool welcome to Grizz greats 20th anniversary of Montana's 2001 national championship. This is a 20 part podcast series presented proudly by First Security Bank of Missoula and Blackfoot Communication. I'm Coulter Nuanas, and I'll be your host for this 20 part podcast series chronicling the last national championship captured by the University of Montana football team. In this episode, we'll feature Vince Huntsberger. He's a safety from Libby, Montana. He was a senior on that 2001 National Championship team, the two-time Big Sky Conference defensive MVP, the runner-up for the 2001 Buck Buchanan Award, the leading tackler in Montana history with 469 total stops, including 265 that were solos. That includes the playoffs and numerous All-American honors in 99, 2000, 2001. He was a team captain, a three-time All-Big Sky Conference selection, four-year starter, And he went 45-10 and in his Grizz career with four, count them, four Big Sky Conference Championship rings. And oh, by the way, he maintained a 3.87 GPA, majoring in biology and pre-med. He was also a three-time Academic All-American and a national finalist for the William B. Campbell Trophy, given to the National Scholar Athlete of the Year each year, back during his senior year. Vince now is a doctor in Sandpoint, Idaho, and uh, one of the most accomplished men that you'll find from this 2001 National Championship team. Without further ado, Vince Huntsberger, Grizz Greats, the 20th anniversary of the 2001 national championship. It seems like just yesterday and a lifetime ago that the University of Montana last claimed a football national championship. 20 years ago, the Grizz rolled to their second national title in seven years behind a Montana-made roster featuring some of the most memorable figures in the history of the Grizz. While much has changed with the Montana program and much has changed about Missoula, the one thing that hasn't changed is the trust folks around Montana can have in First Security Bank. First Security Bank has long been one of the fiercest supporters of the University of Montana and its awesome sports teams, and First Security Bank is proud to support Grizz greats the 20th anniversary of Montana's 2001 National Champions, a 20-part podcast series with interviews and memories from that unforgettable run by the Grizz two decades ago. First Security Bank, proud supporters, ESPN Missoula, and the Grizz Greats podcast series. Well, happy now for the continuation of our newest podcast series, the newest iteration of Grizz Greats. This one, Grizz Greats, the 20th anniversary of the 2001 National Champion Grizzlies. And crazy to think that it's been 20 years since then, this is a podcast series that certainly has a special place in my heart because growing up in Missoula, Montana, I was in eighth grade when this was going down and I was just as into football as you could possibly be. I don't think I missed a home game. I know I went to a couple away games too and it was definitely super fun. So it's awesome for me to get to touch base with some of these guys that played on that football team. And this next one, he was one of the best players on that team, one of the best leaders on that team as well, and a guy that I know is a very popular name around the state of Montana. It's Vince Hunsberger joining us here on Grizz Greats. Vince, thanks so much for being with us, man. How you doing?
0: I'm doing very well. I'm very proud to be joining you and getting to celebrate the 20th anniversary of our 2001 National Championship team.
1: Well, let's start with the here and now before we talk about some great memories. Just give people an update. What's going on with Vince Hunsberger? I know it was well chronicled that you were on your way to maybe going to med school when you were a player here at Montana, but it seems like you've accomplished those goals and then some. So what's up with Vince Hunsberger these days?
0: Yes, I accomplished those. With uh, I ended up in medical school. I actually did take a year off in of medical school and actually went and did a, um, a graduate assistant uh, football coaching uh, in central Missouri with the uh, central Missouri state mules for one year and just to make sure that I really wanted to do medicine and I ended up obviously wanting to do medicine and and went back into medical school after a year off and then uh, ended up doing my residency out in the University of Michigan and now I'm in Sandpoint, uh, Idaho with my wife Amelia who's an ob and then three kids uh, Luke and Alina and Levi so we're enjoying the Sandpoint area and Um, all the craziness of raising a family and having two doctors working.
1: I don't even know how you could possibly do it. But I want to ask you about when you were a grad assistant, because grad assistant is a grind, man, and medical school is too, but compare and contrast the two, because I think people don't realize when you're one of those entry-level college football assistants, not a lot of time for yourself.
0: No, it was a grind. Yeah, it was. Uh, uh, coach Dave Dorn, who's our defensive backs coach, uh, knew Willie Fritz, who was the head guy at Central Missouri, and so I decided to take the um, a year off until I was able to, lucky enough to grab one. Because it's hard. I mean, obviously, people enjoy coaching, and to get into graduate assistant uh, programs is pretty difficult. So I ended up going down there, and yeah, it was, uh, you know, with recruiting and football and spring ball and weightlifting and everything that has you know, going on is, and then you're doing classes. So yeah, you're very busy most of the days, um, you know, taking up with all those different aspects of of running a football team and uh, you're kind of low man on the totem pole. So, which is really good. Uh, uh, Coach uh, Fritz and everybody that was uh, down there on their staff was great to me. And, you know, I wish I could have actually finished my graduate assistant um, two years and got my degree, but the university of Washington school of medicine said, uh, now you need to come back or you can, Um, you know, reapply later. So I kind of had to make some decisions a little short of what I thought I was going to end up doing, but it was a great experience. And Like you said, it's, it's interesting how hard you have to work and, and just different though. I mean, you're kind of chasing around the kids and the football players and making sure they're going to class and making sure they're doing what they should be doing. And um, you know, it was lots of fun. You get to recruit and, and do those things. But that was one of the things that, you know, when I was doing it, it was uh, interesting because you see how much coaches you know, change their jobs. Uh, Like, for example, most college coaches, but like my cousin, Mike sound Idaho State, and you're going to do multiple jobs. You're going to move every few years. It seems like in college football. And I think at the end, that was kind of the one thing that I was like, well, I don't really want to move as much as probably required with a college football job. And that was one of the things that really pushed me to going back into medicine and and kind of uh, not doing the college. And I have coached in about five years here in Sandpoint with the varsity team, with the defensive backs. And then, Life just got too busy, and so couldn't really continue to to coach at the high school level because the same thing. It's just a huge commitment, especially in the state of Idaho with playoffs and even travel, trying to find out-of-conference games. You know, we're traveling to Boise, 8, 10 hours. We're traveling to Wenatchee. We went to Lethbridge, Canada. So you're just all over looking for games, and and it's very time-consuming with the uh, staff meetings, coaching, travel. And so after, after five years of lots of fun, we played one state championship in 2014, which we lost to, Bishop Kelly out of Boise, but um, tons of great coaches, a good time, but finally uh, just became too time consuming with our lives. So ended up giving that up too.
1: Amazing the way that college football the web that it weaves. Two points there. One, you mentioned Willie Fritz, who you were a grad assistant for. He went on then to coach at Sam Houston State, and I covered Coach Fritz several times because there was always crossover with the Montana schools. That 2011 Sam Houston team was the one that beat Montana in the semifinals the last time. The Grizzlies went to the final four. 2012 Willie Fritz's team came in Bozeman, knocked out the Bobcats in the quarterfinals. So definitely cross paths with Willie Fritz. And I actually didn't know this, Vince. I didn't know that you were Mike Ferder's cousin. I should have known that Ferder was one of my good buddies in college. We were at school at the same time, so uh, funny that you guys have some family ties there, but uh, Grizz blood, I guess, runs deep for you guys.
0: Yes, it does. Yeah, he's my first cousin, so my mom uh, Kate and his dad Mike are uh, brother and sister, so that's we spent a lot of time growing up together and playing football in the front yard of both of our houses and, and getting in trouble. Uh, he was a little younger, so uh, Mark, his brother, uh, and I were a little closer to age, but obviously still lots of running around in, in games and lots of holidays and weekends and go to our uh, family lake uh, cabin up at Echo Lake outside of uh, Georgetown. So spent a lot of summers uh, hanging out and and uh, enjoying the, the Ferreter crew. Well,
1: let's take it all the way back to your high school days. Growing up in Libby, what do you remember about those days and what do you remember about sort of the foundation that was laid from a football perspective? I mean, was was football an emphasis when you were growing up?
0: It was. Uh we didn't have football as a Pop Warner league though, so we did all kinds of sports. I mean I played everything, soccer, bold, um, we played T ball. Uh, and we really couldn't get into football in Libby until seventh grade. So in, once you got into um, the junior high, then you could start uh, football. So I started in uh, seventh grade, which I think from a tackle standpoint, that's seventh, eighth grade is, is reasonable. I think, um, you know, tackling at a really, really young age is maybe not the greatest thing for, for kids. A lot of obviously places do the pop Warner and tackle, but I think might give an experience of, of not starting super early in life, uh, didn't have any you know negative impact on my future career as a football player and uh yeah family a lot of my uh uh uncles and and relatives have played football uh you know growing up in my mom growing up in butte and having lots of uh, uncles that played at butte central and played beyond in college and uh um you know one my uncle dennis was drafted to the nfl by the packers so just a big um family involvement with football more than anything. And then just loving sports. I always grew up playing whatever I could play. So it wasn't always just football again. When I was younger, I played whatever I could play and I always had a ball in my hand and just really enjoyed sports. And they were lots of fun for me and, and gave me lots of, uh, obviously different aspects of life, um, that have helped me, but, uh, and then football in seventh, eighth grade, obviously loved to play it. And then I'd always go to a camp in the summer. Uh, we had a good tight unit from high school that, you know, kind of do all the sports, uh, played uh, with uh, those uh, players and guys and, and had a great time uh, playing high school uh, sports. And uh, again, just huge of what you gain from those, but tons of fun. Uh, we lost the Butte Central my senior year um, in the uh, first round of the playoffs. And we hadn't been to the playoffs in about 10 years. So it was a great accomplishment for coach Gruber, our head coach and our team uh, then, and then um, a couple of uh, future players, Dan Orzati was on that team and I got a big hit on him. So that was, Uh, nice to to be able to rub that in Dan's face a little bit throughout the years. And then uh, Matt Euland was also the running back for the uh, Butte Central that year, and he ended up playing at uh, Montana State. So got to see him uh, further along in my playing career at uh, Missoula, and we've got to play the Bobcats. So, yeah, I made a lot of great friends, had a couple of um, the, I guess, bowl games, had the East-West Shrine game and the the North Dakota-Montana game. The summer after my senior year, which was great, you get to meet a lot of guys, guys are gonna play against or guys that played at other, you know, teams around the state and the country. So, you know, great time growing up with football and and family and, and everything and very glad I played. I would definitely support my children playing and I know there's lots of worry about concussions and other things these days, but I think the uh safety that we're taking now to keep kids safe and making sure if they do have a concussion that we You know, keep them out is great. And, again, I would um, definitely have my kids play if they choose to. I mean, I want them to play everything and do whatever they like. But definitely a strong uh, proponent of football and what it does for young people and young men and and the things it can give you in life that really make
1: you successful. Grizz Greats, the... 20th anniversary of the 2001 national champion Grizz, presented in part by First Security Bank of Missoula. It seems like just yesterday and a lifetime ago that the University of Montana last claimed a football national championship. 20 years ago, the Grizz rolled to their second national title in seven years behind a Montana-made roster featuring some of the most memorable figures in the history of the Grizz. While much has changed with the Montana program and much has changed about Missoula, the one thing that hasn't changed is the trust folks around Montana can have in First Security Bank. First Security Bank has long been one of the fiercest supporters of the University of Montana and its awesome sports teams. And First Security Bank is proud to support Grizz Greats, the 20th anniversary of Montana's 2001 National Champions, a 20-part podcast series with interviews and memories from that unforgettable run by the Grizz two decades ago. First Security Bank, proud supporters ESPN Missoula and the Grizz Greats podcast series. And Vince, you mentioned growing up in Libby. You also mentioned your Butte roots as well. Uh, it seems like there's a common element, especially for in-state recruits uh, that go to either Montana or Montana State. That working class background seems to influence you and, and maybe make the, the, the grind that is college football, maybe not as much of a grind just because of the way maybe you grew up. Is there a parallel like that for you? And, and how do you think sort of way that you grew up and where you grew up influenced your mindset as a football player?
0: Yeah, I think it's, you know, where you grew up, it definitely makes a difference. I mean, I grew up in a a working class town, logging and mining, and, uh, you know, kids grew up working. We had to go get firewood. We had to chop it. I had to stack it. You had to, you know, shovel snow, you know, mow lawns. I definitely think, like, where you're at um makes a difference um obviously your parents and what they're trying to instill in you makes a huge difference my parents were big on uh, work ethic and and making sure that we learned to to work um at a young age uh uh, so that was obviously very helpful when you get into sports and then it's really a lot of times like the coaches the nucleus of the guys that you have around you like in high school we just had a really good nucleus that loved to lift weights, they loved to play sports they loved to be uh around each other so you know, with that factor, I think you kind of are pushed into um, you know, working hard and, and wanting to compete with others and, and make yourself better. Um and then when you get into college, yeah, it is a job. I mean, you're working 35, 40 hours plus school, weightlifting, all the things you do with that. So you really have to love it. I mean, again, whenever I talk to a young person, if they're thinking about playing the next level of sport, whatever sport that would be, uh, you just really have to like it and love it actually. Um Because it's so much work um, that, you know, for me, it was easy because I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed football. I enjoyed school. You know, so it was one of those things where I always like to push myself. So for me, personally, it was, um, you know, an easy decision to to move on. And obviously getting scholarships and stuff helps uh, because it's such a – Intense situation when you're playing a college sport, and again, that's at any level. I mean, you're there to to play. The coaches, it's their career. You know, they're trying to get the most out of you. Um, so for me, yeah, growing up in a in a you know a family that pushed hard work, and then in a community that was kind of surrounded by people uh, working hard, um, I think helped me in that aspect of life with football, and then you know moving on to the college level.
1: Did you grow up following college football? And if so, did you grow up following the Grizz?
0: Yes, uh, grew up following. Um, college football. Um, so starting with my grandfather loved Notre Dame. So I was a big Notre Dame fan from the um, from a very young age, having uh, football outfits in my Notre Dame gear uh, because my grandfather, uh, Buzz Ferreter loved uh, Notre Dame. So uh, I was always a big Notre Dame fan. And then um, growing up, um, yeah, I always followed University of Montana. Obviously they were doing super well, uh, went down to a few games growing up, but, with you know, high school sports and everything could make uh, many of the, the games. We did do a couple. And then Blaine who, uh who is a few years older uh, than me, was from Troy. So my dad and I would travel all around the state watching the Troy games. Uh, they played cut bank for the state championship and then um, won a lot of state championships with Blaine and some of the other great players that came from Troy. And then they, when he went to the University of Montana, I kind of followed too. It was great to watch him go down and see some of that. You knew, um, and yeah, just following Montana as successful as they were was great. But then Greg Salo, one of my coaches, um, just before I started high school, but his son, Steve Salo and them family friends. And then he took the defensive coordinator position at Montana state university. So I actually followed Montana state too. And when I was, you know, coming out to, uh, coming out of high school and, and getting looked at to play college football, it was a very difficult decision because University of Montana was great. They'd had tons of success, but um, Greg Saylor did a great job of recruiting me and trying to get me down to Montana State. And the pull for being an engineer was also something I thought about doing. So it was a really difficult decision for me actually to choose University of Montana given the recruiting that Montana State did. And um, obviously I'm very happy that I went to University of Montana. It was a great fit for me, and uh, we had lots of success. But it was a difficult decision coming out of high school.
1: Do you remember the recruiting process? I mean, do you remember specifically which coaches were recruiting you? And do you remember the definitive reason what ended up making you choose the Grizzlies ultimately?
0: Yeah, so you remember. So Coach Cockhill and Coach he came up to my house um, in Libby and recruited me. Greg Salo came up. Um, and then uh, when, you know, you, you'd visit on campus, uh, Ryland Jollymore and, um, God, who, I can't remember his name, uh, one of the DNs out of uh missoula gosh i can't think of his name um they recruited me so they took me out and we had a good time in missoula then greg salo or uh steve salo and uh, a couple of the uh defensive backs that uh montana state did and yeah we went out and had fun i mean recruiting is is a lot of fun obviously you get to go and and meet all the coaches and players and and you know see much larger stadiums and, and facilities so yeah i mean the recruiting process is was great. Uh, You know, it's enjoyable. Uh, I didn't get overwhelmed. I think in today's world, some of it's overwhelming for some of these, uh, you know, recruits. I think it's social media and and just so much more ways to to contact people. Uh, For me, it was, it was enjoyable. I had liked it. I hope kids today that are getting recruited are enjoying the process because for me, it was, it was lots of fun to, to be able to, you know, have someone look at you and, and, and say, Hey, we think you're right for us. And, and, you know, we appreciate your abilities, Um, So, yeah, I I really enjoyed the recruiting process. And, yeah, I I remember everybody that helped me and and, um, was a part of the the process to get me there. Um, And I think, you know, at the end, uh, when I finally decided, I you know, I was obviously very confident that Missoula would would continue to be uh, a great program. And and then kind of from the – because education was super important to me, I just kind of weighed biology versus engineering – And in the end, I felt like I'd probably do something more related to um, uh, not necessarily medicine, but probably something in like a physical therapy or medical school, something along those lines. So I think in the end, the liberal arts education that uh, Missoula presented to me outweighed uh, kind of the engineering aspect at Bozeman. And I think in the end, a lot of it was the education uh, part of it. And, and And then obviously Missoula's program was tough to to pass up on at that point. Have they just won the national championship, you know, had played again in the national championship. And then for that next year, um, it was pretty hard from a, from a football standpoint to um, end up in, in Bozeman at that time over Missoula and then having a fit with, you know, microbiology and knowing that lots of uh, people out of Missoula get a great education in or end up going to graduate schools. Cause I felt like I would likely do a graduate school of some kind, but I did not know it would be medical school. That was really not decided until probably my senior year when I was like, Oh, I got to start deciding what I want to do. And so then I started studying for the MCAT and, and preparing for, medical school, I also took, um, you know, the entrance exam for physical therapy school or graduate school. Uh, so I had different options and I didn't really know what I was going to do. But, you know, kind of as life works out, uh, uh, I did well enough on the MCAT to get it, some interviews and ended up getting into medical school. So I'm very glad I did that. I wouldn't change anything about uh, uh, medical school and, and going back into the profession. It's a challenging profession, except, especially during a pandemic. This is definitely pushed our skills and and been uh, something that is uh, hopefully over soon or at least better soon. And hopefully um, in my medical career, I do not have to deal with another pandemic.
1: So. Well, no question. I think we all can agree with you on that. Let's talk about when you first got to Montana because it was very interesting. First of all, just the momentum that the program had. You mentioned the 95 National Championship as well as the 96, another appearance in the National Championship game. But then that led to multiple different overturns in the coaching staff from first Don Reed retiring to then Mick Dennehy taking the job at Utah State. And so what do you remember just about sort of the coaching staffs and and the different coaches that you had and everybody that was being brought to the table? What was that like for you guys as players?
0: Uh, yeah, I mean, you don't have control of that, so I think you, you know, you obviously like the coaches you have, and change is sometimes difficult when you know you trust somebody, you know them, um, uh, and they move on. But I think that's a good part of life. That is part of life. I mean, things change. You're going to change jobs. You're going to change places you live. So I think I think our team's always adapted well. Um, so, Coach Jenny was great. My first uh, defensive backs coach was uh, Coach Sowers, and I was a redshirt freshman, so just practiced that year, so didn't really get to, you know, be involved in game plans and other things uh, with that staff. And then um, uh, we had uh, Coach uh, Odom and Coach Franks, was my next uh, defensive backs coach that came in with. Um, uh, coach Danny when coach Sowers uh, took the head job down at Northern Arizona and they were great. Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, coach Franks had been there a while and um, uh, great coaches again. Uh, I can't, I think they left when then uh, coach um, uh, Glenn took over uh, and then coach uh, Glenn took over and then brought in uh, coach Bresky and coach uh, Doran. And so they were great. Um, you know, the package they put together for, for us uh, was great. So it was, um, Great to be a part of the program. I mean, they obviously uh, did a great job. It brought in uh, a great scheme. And then sometimes you get lucky because the scheme works well for you. So for me, it was a cover four, kind of a heavy run. Uh, You could be pretty aggressive, which I liked. And obviously, (laughs) uh, from my playing career and everything, was uh, very suitable for how I played. And um, so I was appreciative of that. Um, so yeah, they were both great coaches. I mean, the head guys, coach Danny and coach Glenn, both great, very different. Like most things in life, uh, you know, they're, they they were not uh, similar coaches, but both did a great job. I mean, both did a great job of recruiting, did a great job of keeping kids, um, uh, as best you can when you're dealing with 18 to 22 to 23 year old kids in line to keep them, keep them playing, keep their, um you know, their focus on the games and, and we were very successful. So, I mean, it always helps when we come into a successful program and all the coaches that I dealt with all continue to be successful. Um, they, uh, you know, did a great job of recruiting, which is huge in college football, but then even once they got there, they, you know, kept kids again, focused and, and, and ready. And, and so I always felt like our coaches did a great job of, of making sure everybody's prepared as best they, they could be. And then there's, you know, obviously different approaches from each coach to how they game plan you know, how we look at things. Uh, but the coaches that I had were all great. They are all continued on to, you know, great things. Coach Dorn's the head coach at NC State. Coach Breske, uh has been a defensive coordinator at Washington State, University of Idaho, uh, other uh, uh, division, uh, I guess, 1A is what we called it, but what is it now, the football bowl uh, series. So, yeah, I mean, great coaches. Great to see what they've done. Great to kind of watch people, you know, go through. Great to be able to watch them on TV and and, and kept in contact with most coaches um, uh, throughout the years. Uh, just you know, meeting up with them. A bunch of us defensive backs and Coach Dorn uh, met up at Whitefish this summer, and then meet up with a lot of the uh, seniors and guys that we graduated with uh, from football. So, you know, just one of those lifelong things where coaches and and players and you know, obviously have a big influence on your life, and and it's been nice to continue to. Do, to watch them and their careers and also be able to meet up with, with uh, people in, 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 uh, in person and enjoy each other as best we can in a pandemic. <laughs>
1: Well, let's talk about your first couple of years at Montana because I know it's always a learning curve no matter where you come from, but particularly from a small town like Libby to join a Division One football team. But you seemed to acclimate pretty quick right away, and you were playing a ton of football pretty much right out the gates when you first got there. So what do you remember about just the, the sort of acclimation to college football? Was there anybody that showed you the way or anybody that was on the squad that sort of you looked up to or that mentored you? Or, or on the other hand, maybe you know, gave you some tough love, taught you the, the, the hard way that college football can go sometimes. What do you remember about your, your early days? Uh, at Montana,
0: yes. When you're a red shirt freshman, there was we had um, players that definitely both on the defensive side and the offensive side. Usually, it was mostly offensive side because uh, you'd be a redshirt so you kind of were their scout team, right? You had to uh, show the other teams defense, which was nice because you got to see a lot of like what different teams did. And I always liked you know watching film and, and studying and enjoyed the kind of the X's and O's of football. So for me, it was fun to be able to say like, oh, this is what this Idaho State or this, you know, team does and, and get to run their different types of uh defenses. But yes, when you're going against, you know, a team that had won the national championship and then had, you know, just lost the national championship the year before. Um, so you have very, very good players and very that the year you were there, there were still a lot of uh seniors that were still um you had Remington and, and Jake Dennehy. and so uh, from the defensive side, but the offensive side, great players. And yes, I mean, you're coming fresh out of high school, so you're not really knowing what to expect. And most of the, the players had been playing for four years. They've been lifting, training. You know, they had done um, so much to prepare themselves and then great players, obviously winning national championships and, and runner-up. So they would definitely put us in our place, make sure that if we did make a good play, that the next time we did not make a good play because they are all out to get us. So you kind of had to make sure if you were going to make the big play or you were going to do something that you were ready to have about five guys come at you the next play to make sure that you didn't make them look bad uh, for the next play. But, um, again, they were all great. I mean, it's football, so it's competitive. It's aggressive. You know, I never had a, a point in time uh, where I ever felt, you know, like, oh, man, this the person's stepping over the line. I mean, there was definitely some pushing and some, um, you know, don't make me look bad, redshirt freshman. And then even going through the, to the next year, uh, it's a really about timing. And uh, when I came as a redshirt or a freshman or however you say it, my first year that I played that spring, it was pretty much all freshmen and sophomores going for the starting positions. All the seniors had graduated and so it was a bunch of young uh, football players that were vying for the starting positions. So in that sense, I got lucky because I didn't have like a Blaine McIlmery or, a, you know, the Jake Dennehy or Remingtons or other players that were so good in, in the past uh, that had played so much. The the guys that were there were, were good players, but you, you were on their level of competing uh, with them. Um, and so it ended up, Competing, doing well, glad the coaches gave us all equal opportunities and and, um, and ended up winning the, the starting position. And, you know, you don't know that coming into it. I mean, you just work as hard as you can. You play as hard as you can. For me, I always try to study film a ton and talk to the coaches and, and, and try to get an edge wherever I could. Um, and so I, you know, I knew the playbook inside and out. For me, that was huge um, because, again, I wasn't always the fastest guy, but I definitely watched a lot of film and, you know, I knew my – kind of my limitations, but I also knew where people were going to be in, you know, different tip-offs for play. So that for me in football was, was super helpful, be able to use my brain to kind of give me that edge was, it was what, you know, I had to do. And then, you know, once I got the starting position, um, I wouldn't say there's anybody that really inspired me in the, um, in the moment of like playing, like, again, you're kind of in there doing your best you can, like Blaine McElmurray again, and the guys that came uh, before me, that, you know, Tim House and all those people, I mean, so many good athletes that have come through Missoula and then played in the NFL or, or, um, you know, just had great careers and, and, and went on to other things in life were an inspiration for me. And, and you don't know, again, coming in of where you're going to be. Uh, you just work as hard as you can. You do the best you can. Uh, obviously for me, working hard and and watching film and and doing all those things led me to be able to start as a freshman and, and then basically start the rest of my um, uh, career there, which is great. Never expected, you know, again, coming out of high school and things, I don't think I could have predicted that you wouldn't know. Um, But, you know, obviously getting that opportunity and then taking advantage of it and then proving that you're able to, you know, compete at that level was, was great. And the coaches gave me an opportunity and, you know, throughout my four years, it was, it was great, but it's also who you play with too. I mean, I always say it like football is a team sport. it's one of the best team sports. And so the people around me, the coaches around me, you know, strength training staff, uh, everybody was great at Missoula. I mean, we would had a great culture, a great tradition, and that just continued in, in my career and continues today. I mean, they have a great team, you know, always competing for a national championship about every year we're there. There's been some down years, which is going to happen, but um for the most part, always super competitive. Obviously, the facilities are top-notch now, keep getting better, which is great for recruiting and bringing kids in and, and getting the best talent in the area. Um, so it's, uh, you know, very happy that I got the opportunity. It's great that the the system led me to to kind of play the type of football that I wanted to. Every year I was there, every coaching staff that I had from, a, from the defensive coordinator to the defensive backs coach really played well into how I like to play, which you don't always get that. I mean, sometimes you play in a three-deep system or a two-deep system, and, and you're playing a lot of over-the-top and, and a lot of different types of coverage. But uh, we didn't have that, so very glad that I was put in the system that I was put into because that had a lot to do with my success.
1: Chris, Grates, the 20th anniversary of the 2001 National Champion Grizzlies, presented in part by Blackfoot Communications. Vince, let's talk about the 2000 season because that was one that culminated in a championship game appearance for Montana. Montana's third in six years, but it ended with a 27-25 loss to Georgia Southern. I believe if I remember right, you actually even scored a go-ahead touchdown in that game, but then uh, Adrian Peterson and the Eagles came rallying all the way back. So what do you remember about that 2000 playoff run and that 2000 national championship game?
0: Yeah, it was a great run. I mean, obviously, when you make a national championship, it's very difficult to do. There's lots of teams, and very few people uh, make it that far. Again, we had a great staff. Coach Glenn brought in a great offensive staff and defensive staff, and we were all clicking. I mean, you have to be clicking, and you got to get a little lucky. I mean, you look back through the season, there's always a few plays that seem to go Montana's way, and still do today. Where, you know, is it luck, or is it just because you work hard, or is it the fans? You know, all the different aspects of of football that, uh, especially at Montana, that you get these breaks, and they go our way, and that's again part of being a good culture and a good team, and a little bit of luck. Uh, so going up to the national championship team, yeah, you know, we had great games, you know, throughout the the, the uh, Appalachian State, and the semifinals was huge, it was a big snowy game that were right down to the wire, and then getting into the national championship game was great. It was wet, it was sloppy, it was a very difficult game in the first half. They were throttling us. Adrian Peterson was uh, had our number, and uh, their fans were letting us know when we came in uh, there was lots of heckling and, and getting on us. And then you know, Coach Glenn at halftime was just like basically quit complaining. You know, you guys got to stop, you know, complaining to the refs. The, the coaches have to stop complaining. Like you have to do your jobs. We have to, you know, get back in this. And we came out second half as a different team. Uh, I think the rain might've let up by then a little too, which helped them because they were, you know, a triple option run team. Um, and uh, so yeah, came out the second half and obviously had a great comeback and then had the uh, fake punt that I fumbled and then picked up and, and ran uh, in for a touchdown, which was, which was great. And a, a great call by coach Glenn, again, to give, you know, his his confidence in me to be able to do it, a little nerve-wracking when you fumble it and your back is turned around. I felt I was going to get, you know, crushed, but they did crush me and ended up running it for a, for a touchdown. So that was awesome. And then, yeah, they ended up scoring again, and then uh, we weren't able to kind of uh, take the lead after that. So, you know, obviously hard to lose, 27-25 but it was a great game in the end, you know, I thought we came out in the second half and showed that we were obviously compete with them and, and, and beat them. If you played 10 games, who knows, you know, how each one of those games would, would turn out. And then again, that led into the next season. Uh, you, you have confidence, you know, you can play with the best um, and you know, that obviously helps you move forward. But as you move through that season, like any season in college football, it's just hard. You got to kind of get lucky with injuries and hopefully nobody has any, you know, season ending. And, and there's always going to be dings and people are going to be sore and you know, when can they play and not play? And then you always have those five or ten plays that are huge through a season that, you know, they go your way and you win them. They go the other way and, you know, you might lose a game or two. So, but Montana's always found a way, you know, throughout the years uh, since I've been watching them since Coach Reed uh, took over the program in the mid-80s to, to find ways to win, to be successful and, and have a culture of winning and having a, a fan base now that gives us a huge advantage. I mean, anytime someone comes to Washington Grizzly, I don't know how many guys throughout my life since playing college football of Lynn, like, Hey, I have played in lots of other stadiums, but like Washington Grizzly with the fans right on you and has, you know, how um, intense they get uh, is as loud and as crazy as crowd that they've seen at any, you know, other uh, large uh, stadium around the country.
1: It absolutely is. The acoustics, the setting, all of it, and just the rabid nature of Grizz fans, too. I've been all over the country now in my 16 years doing this professionally, and uh, hardly any place compares in terms of pure noise to Washington Grizzly Stadium, so it's definitely a point well taken. Well, Vince, uh, that 2000 loss, though, a lot of times we see this in in all levels of sports. When you have the the loss on the biggest stage, this paramount loss, the guys that return, they use it as motivation. They use it as sort of the, the, the launching board to take the next step. So did you feel that amongst your group and how do you think the 2000 season as a whole influence then what you guys were able to put together in 2001
0: yeah i think that's exactly it i think you're hungry and i think you also have that you know when you play at montana and so much success like you you think you're going to win like right? you're not used to losing so you you just have this culture that we win we win we win and then once you make the national championship i mean you obviously know that you can compete with anybody um, at that level and lots of the teams in the um you know fps or division 1a uh so, yeah, it just gives you confidence in the next year. And then it gives you, yeah, you you feel uh, more hungry to go out and win it. You know you can get there. You know you can do it. And so, yeah. And then it's just, again, the trials and tribulations of a year of football. It's hard. I mean, again, there's so much going on uh, with – Uh, young athletes and, um, you know, games and travel and school. And, you know, so um, it's always one of those things where, you know, you can do it, but can you, can you get back to it? Can you win it? Obviously that's everybody's goal and it's very difficult to do, but we had a solid senior uh, uh, team. We had good leaders. We had uh, good coaches and we knew we had the ability to, now do we know we were going to win it. No. I mean, I think towards the uh, actually the first playoff game we were playing, I can't remember which Louisiana team. I think, I don't think it was McNeese that year who, Southeast Louisiana, maybe. And they were actually thumping us the first half of the, the game. It was like 20-0 or 14-0. And, you know, we end up coming back, I think, beating them 20-14 to uh, on that first playoff game, which, uh, you know, we were down. And, again, coaches did a great job of making sure no one lost focus. And we ended up coming back and, and having a win. But it's things like that where you get down and, you know, the team doesn't start pointing fingers and getting down on each other. We just kind of rethink adjust our coaching staff that I was always with did a great job of adjusting to, you know, what teams came out with because sometimes you watch film and and you think they're going to do this and they don't. So most great coaches adjust really well. You can plan all you want during the week, but if they come out and throw you at something different, you got to be able to, to, to change and be willing to change. You know, you do see coaches around that aren't willing to change. They're just like, no, this is us and you know we're going to we're going to go to the grave with this, but our coaches never were that way. They always were willing to look at it and say, "Nope, looks like we might have missed some of our game planning and let's let's switch it up and and you know, do something different which helped us again that first game of the playoffs in 2001. We were down pretty big in the first half and then once after that half though, the rest of the um the playoffs, uh we we were hitting on all cylinders. Uh I mean, we Uh, uh, northern iowa we throttled them and then uh, the other game we had and then coming into the championship game again we were at that peak of our season we were all playing really well we had super high confidence coming into the game i don't think anybody there uh, you know thought we were going to lose i mean you don't know if you're going to win and they had a good team they were a heavy running team their running back was uh, very good and uh, we knew it'd be a challenge but uh, we also as a defense and an offense were very confident that uh, we would win that game. And again, you don't know that before going into the game, but see, oh, we did win the game. So.
1: Man, you have a phenomenal memory. I can't believe you I mean, you almost even nailed the score. Northwestern State was the team you were referring to from the Southland, who uh, you guys beat 28-19 to 19 in that first round. But you're right, then Sam Houston State took them apart, Northern Iowa. But before we uh, recap a little bit more of that playoff run, Vince, I want to ask you just about the regular season as a whole. Two questions. First of all, was there a moment in the season that you knew you guys had a special team? Because it seemed like you played some close games early and then uh, got some momentum and kind of started rolling people down the stretch. So was there a turning point that you remember, hey, we, we, we might be able to make a run at this thing?
0: I don't remember the exact uh, turning point during the season Uh, you know I think it was we started off um, you know well we went down to uh, Cal Poly which was a good team then we ended up going to Hawaii and and we competed well with Hawaii they had some great players um, and you know uh, they obviously beat us which some somewhat to do with you go down there with the luau's and you're hanging on a beach and you're snorkeling and you're like four days in paradise which is difficult to then go and Play, but we knew that you know we could compete. We competed with them. Uh, We ended up being the University of Idaho, which one of our obviously longtime rivals that uh, had moved up into the next division and had more scholarships than us. So that was always a big you know motivator and, and push. And you know throughout the regular season again, I don't think there was any time that I felt like. Oh, we, we, you know, made this play and that kind of turned the season around and, and we went, I think it was just, you know, from the beginning of the season and, and confidence throughout and, and, just, you know, every time you win a game or complete with a really good team, you just have confidence for the next game that um, you're going to be able to compete and you're always going to have a chance to win. Again, we don't win every game. Um, most seasons, uh, there's a few times that people have, but uh, you know, it's, it's one of those where you just know you can compete. And then, you know, during a game, like you have to play solid and we play those good teams, uh you, you can't give up big plays, you know, you got to protect the ball, kind of your basics of football, of, of not having turnovers. And, and as a defensive player, you know, really not allowing the big plays. Those usually will hurt you because, you know, again, you can stop somebody 50 times. And then if the two big plays go for touchdowns, that's going to be the difference of the game. So it's kind of that consistency, which our coaches always, you know, taught us is, you know, you know, don't give up the big play. I mean, and you can say that and you can do it, but it's really how you get coached. I mean, coaches can say it all day long, like, don't give up the big play but it's it's the system you're put in and how they coach you that allows you not to give up the big play and they did a great job of that uh making sure that um you know the best we could uh we wouldn't do that and we'd keep ourselves in the games and we always were in the game so whether it was Hawaii or um you know other teams we were always you know kind of right there for the for the end to to have a chance to win obviously we won most of them and we won the
1: last one. Then I gotta ask you about the end of the regular season because not just one, but two rivalry games so Montana State at that moment in time seemed like a foregone conclusion because you'd beaten the Bobcats 15 years in a row and then you guys made it 16 with a 38-27 win over Montana State in Bozeman, but then you had to play another rivalry game instead of taking a bye before the playoffs because the Idaho game scheduled for early in the season was canceled because of September 11th, so you had to play back-to-back rivalry games going into the playoffs. What do you remember about those games? Did that help you hurt you what would you think of playing two rivalry games going into the postseason
0: yeah i think it helps you i think anytime you can play it's better i think there's there's benefits to a bye weekend right you get to recover you get to um kind of think about the team more you get to maybe ski more but as players and coaches most of us want to play like most of us don't want to bye week i mean obviously you want to bye week if you're injured <laughs> like i need another week to recover but other than that i think And rivalry games are fun. I mean, that's what we compete for. I mean, people love you. You want the game to mean something. And so I think us having the MSU game and then the Idaho game back-to-back coming into the playoffs um, is helpful. You know, it hurts you in the sense that some guys are going to get banged up because that's football. But I think as an athlete and as a coach, you always want that. And when it means something? It just, you know, again, you're going to want to go out and play your best and and give it your all. And there will be no letdown. So I think with those two games, you know, towards the end of the season I think were beneficial uh uh for us. So no, it was it was fun. It's always fun to play the, the MSU game and again know a lot of the guys, still know a lot of the guys that, that played on that uh team and, you know, to have sixteen years in a row is and to never lose to your in state rival is obviously great for your the rest of our lives to be able to say we never never lost. Obviously the next year that streak ended, which it had to end at some point. So, you know, you take it for what it is. And and I think Coach Glenn, you know, took it very well and the team did. It's like, you know, obviously you don't want to win it, but at some point, you know, they're gonna get you. I mean, sixteen years in a row is a lot of years in a row to beat uh one team. And then, you know, Idaho was a great game and we always competed well with them. I think it was always you know, good for us, because obviously at that point in time, they were the, the 1A, so they had the more scholarships, and, you know, I don't think they ever thought they were just going to come in and, and, and roll us, uh, you know, or anything like that, so you know, they were always very competitive games. we were always super excited, because you were playing up, you know, and we never looked at it that way, I guess. I didn't when I played against them. Um, you know, I'm glad they're back down in the big sky. I think, you know, they tried it at the higher level, which is good for them, but I, I love having them back in the conference. I think it's Super competitive, and and I think it makes the Big Sky a stronger conference. So, um, no, I think having the two games at the end of the season that were both um, motivators going into the uh, playoffs was beneficial. And helped us end up winning the national championship.
1: Well, a double overtime win over the Vandals at home, a win over Northwestern State, like you mentioned, that you had to rally for, a resounding win over Sam Houston State in Missoula again, and then domination of Northern Iowa, 38-0 in the semifinals. Uh, reminiscent of when Montana destroyed a Stephen F. Austin team 70-7 in the semifinals of the 95 championship to take all the momentum in the world uh, to Huntington, West Virginia. But you guys then take all that momentum to Chattanooga, Tennessee, and uh, a place that you'd been the year before, but you take on a team and the defense perhaps the arguably arguably the greatest performance in the history of the university of montana in a single game you guys basically pitch a shutout until the very last play of that game and you walk away with a 13 to 6 victory vince what are your most vivid memories of that afternoon and how were you able to execute and play so sharply defensively
0: well, i guess i'll start with they were i was just getting made fun of because uh the last play of the game for a shutout would have been the only national champion shutout uh, uh by a team i Instead of catching the ball, I tried to bat the ball, and I did not bat the ball hard enough, obviously, and the guy caught it and ran for a touchdown. So some of the guys, Trey Young and some other people, were sending out some texts making fun of me about giving up the the shutout. So I probably won't live that one down the rest of my life. Um, And, yeah, I mean, I think the momentum was huge for us coming into that game. Again, we had played uh, Sam Houston and then uh, Northern Iowa, so – feeling very confident um, going down to Chattanooga and we'd been there before. So, you know, the year before that really helps you when you're have seen it, it's common to you, you know, what to expect um, it's helpful for, um, you know, any athlete at any stage uh, of their uh, career. So, like the coaching staff and the players were all ready. We'd been there. Um, we weren't uh, wide-eyed by any means. And and I think we were well well prepared. I think the coaches had a great game plan coming in. They had a great running back and uh, a great team. And, and they'd put up numbers and they'd beat Georgia Southern the, the, the week before, which, uh, you know, it's a great team that have been competing for the national championships uh, every year there, uh, similar to us. So uh, I think we just had a great game plan. We were ready. No one was – and they didn't throw any – you know, they didn't throw anything different. They, they, as a team, when we started playing the game, you know, they stuck with what their um, game plan was, which was running with their top-notch running back. This uh, Ivory was a great running back, and they um, – they knew that and so they weren't going to go away from that and we were ready for it. I mean, we played really well. And um once we then started forcing them to pass a little bit further into the game, that is not who they were. And you could tell they weren't that comfortable, um, you know, with that. So yeah, I think we were very well prepared. Again, the coaches were ready. We had tons of momentum coming in. We were very confident, you know, so I think coming into the game, um, you know, we knew we had a very good chance of, of, of winning it. And, and, you know, in the end we ended up winning it. And I think it's, just a contribution uh, from all the coaches and the players and the hard work throughout the season and, and again, having that uh, experience from the year before really giving you an edge coming in, not being wide-eyed, not being um, anxious or, uh, you know, not knowing what's going to happen I think really helped us a lot in the national championship game.
1: Talk about some of the characters that you played with. Uh, who, if anybody, stands out amongst that defense? Because there were so many great players. I know that was sort of Trey Young's breakout year, and he went on to continue to star at Montana and earned Defensive Player of the Year accolades uh, later on in his career. But, you know, Matt Steinau, Dave DeCoy, C.J. Pisher, Johnny Verona, Joel Robinson, Calvin Coleman, Tim Bush, all sorts of memorable Montana names. So uh, what do you remember just about your defensive unit as a whole and what made you guys special?
0: Yeah, I think that. I mean, you can rattle off the, the list, and, and there's many, many uh, great players. And I think everybody also knew their roles. I mean, that's a huge part. I mean, you can get uh, sometimes with great athletes, um, you know, maybe doing things that they shouldn't be or, or or doing not following their assignments because a lot of football is assignments. So, so you can get hurt even if you're a great athlete and you keep, you know, overextending yourself or, or not following basically what the coach has come up with, uh, you know, you can very quickly give up those big plays. And when you give up those big plays, then there's going to be, you know, trouble on the, uh, on the, the end score of that game. So I think from a coaching standpoint, they were able to, you know, take a bunch of great players and a bunch of good players and, and get the most out of them. Um, you know, and that's probably the best thing about our coaching staff was like when you have, um you know, athletes, everybody's at a different level. So you just want to maximize what they have. Obviously, they watched a lot of film on them. They recruited them. They knew, uh, to some extent, their abilities. But I think our coaches did a great job of making sure everybody knew their assignments, coaching them up as best they could, and um, and then, you know, maximizing the potential for all of us. I mean, and that's always difficult with with football for, like, me to be inducted as a, you know, single player into the Hall of Fame, which is a great honor. Obviously, I love it, but it's it's... I guess it's challenging for me to take that because it's, there's so many things that go along with it. Like if I didn't have other great players around me, if I didn't have great defensive line, if we didn't have, you know, all the players that you just mentioned and more, and and even the players that aren't playing. I mean, the scout team guys, the guys that are there every day, like making you better and pushing you and making sure that you're not, you know, taking the day off, is 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 huge. So there's so many, you know, different aspects to it. And I think our team's always practice hard. We always were ready for me. I, I try not to take. You know, days off so it was always one of those things where we're always being pushed. Coaches were always pushing us. We were making sure that um, you know, we were we were ready. And I think our coaches also held us to standards. Like I got hurt in the Cal Poly game and I remember Coach Doran, I didn't practice the first couple of days and he pulled me into the office and he's like <clears throat> my leg was all swollen. I got like a thigh bruise and it gave me a bunch of fluid on my leg, so it was hard for me to run and he's just like, You're not gonna go to Hawaii you're not going to play or go on the trip if you don't practice like that's just the rules and you know I was had obviously had success in the previous years and so that day I put on my pads and, and got ready for practice and limping around with my leg and I was you know going to the trainers three times a day and and I think just holding everybody up to um, you know the same standards which sometimes in, in sports and in, in football you know maybe they you know, treat somebody a little differently, but I thought our coaching staff made sure that everybody was on the same page. They held us all to a standard. And then, you know, you just click. And that's part of it too. You've got to, you got to get along with your players. I mean, the best you can, coaches can put people together, but a lot of the senior leaders and, and uh, players have to, you know, make sure that when people are out of line on the field or off the field, that that's, you know, dealt with in a, an appropriate manner. And coaches did a great job. And, and I think all those things together made us a great team. And a lot of the sex we had just because everybody trusted each other, whether it was offense or defense, um, uh, personnel, and again, like our coaches did a great job of preparing us, so we always knew what to expect. And you knew who had, you know, you might know like somebody was injured or somebody, you know, had a tendency to do this, and so that you could cover up, you know, that aspect of it because that's what football is. I mean, it's it's going to be. Um, knowing where your weaknesses are because every team has them you know every offense is going to pick on your weaknesses whatever that is for that week and uh, I think our coaches again did a great job of knowing really where our weaknesses were and where we weren't you know as strong against that team and they did a great job of putting people in the position they needed to be be put in so it really falls back on a lot of the coaches and and how they knew where to put us you know what to do and how to counteract that other team's strengths, but a lot of times it's looking like, okay, well, where are we weakest this game, and where are we going to be able to, you know, support that player? So I think that had a lot to do with it.
1: Well, last couple of things for you, Vince. First of all, do you have an indelible memory of that season, or when you think back on it, what do you think of?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think there's lots of great memories. I mean, you can go through every game and think of like big plays, or whether it was me or somebody else, or you know, kickoff returns and interceptions. Um, but when I look back, mostly now it's it's kind of the whole, it's the culmination, obviously. It's, you know, being in the national championship and, and, you know, being disappointed when I batted that ball and he returned it for a touchdown or took it for a touchdown. But I don't think there's, you know, any one play. Again, it's a long season. It was a great career. And like to end your career with a national championship at the college level is beyond what you could expect, you know, looking back on your life and and going through high school and then through our college years. So, yeah, I think it's just that. It's just winning the national championship, being a part of a team uh, at that point in time. And then just knowing that, Winning and having a culture like that is going to lead to friendships throughout the rest of your life. And so for me, 20 years later, right, still being able to talk to a lot of the guys, meet up with a lot of the the, the football players and, and staff and things like that is it's huge. So it's just one of those things where I'm so appreciative I got the chance and that um, continue to have the relationships that were built through sports, uh, which I think is huge in anybody's life. And um, I think, you know, anybody that can be a part of a sport of any sport or anything that brings you together with a, a group of people is, is a huge thing. And I would hope most people would be out and be active and and do things so that they could have that same, you know, kind of experience in life and, and continue to have it because, you know, it's 20 years later. And again, I still get to talk to and be around, you know, a lot of the people that I played with.
1: Well, great memories, Vince. It's awesome talking to you. Uh, We'll get you out of here on this. You've accomplished a great deal in your life after your football career was over. But How do you think football set the stage for the rest of your life? What did you learn during your experience at the University of Montana that's helped you now uh, rise to such great accomplishments in your professional career?
0: Yeah, I think it's um, probably the failures. I mean, probably playing games. And I remember playing against Portland State, I think my sophomore year, and it was a shootout and we lost. I think maybe we won. I can't remember. I think we lost 63, 62 or something. And I think, you know, coming off of like a loss like that, or maybe the Youngstown my sophomore year out of the playoffs, is learning from our failures. I think in life, when, when you look at the successes in the national championships, it's awesome. That's what you want. That's your goal for that year. But I think for me, looking back in, in football, it's it's those times that you had down games or you didn't play well, and especially in college where maybe you had a rough week at school and, you know, uh, you didn't do well on some tests, and then it comes into to football. And, and you know, I think learning from those. I think, uh, you know, in life, uh, looking at what we did not that well and then being able to change. I remember, you know, our coaches coming in and me as a player being – you know, very hungry after these types of losses uh, so that you're like, how do we get ready for the next game or the next year? How do we work harder? You know, how do you motivate? So I think, you know, just taking those, those downtimes and really uh, as a person, as a player, as a coach, uh, learning from those and, and taking those away and saying, how can we do better, you know, next time? I think that's what I learned most from sports is, you know, hard work, you know, great work ethic is great, but also be able to adapt to when things don't go well because life is life and things aren't always going to go uh, well, but how do we make the most of that and how do we learn from those? So I think, you know, sports and, and football for me has been a lot of that. When you look back at life and say, like, you know, what did I do when we got about to kick by Portland state or when we lost that game to young state with a missed field goal um, about what I was going to do the next year uh, to make myself better and hopefully make the team better. Um, So I think those aspects of of a team sport and a sport in general is, uh, and then I think to to push that into life and medicine and and my family is is try to do the best I can work hard. uh, And then when things don't go my way, kind of look at those, mostly to, to say, how do I adjust my life? What do I do? moving forward um to make sure it doesn't happen again or or at least address it
1: that was only the second to last thing for you because i forgot i have to ask you about the one thing that i always think of besides obviously the great plays and the championships and the awards and all that but the thing that always comes to my mind first when i think of vince huntsberger is the legend of when you got a heisman vote so what was your reaction when you heard that someone had voted for vince huntsberger a division one double a safety for the heisman trophy
0: Yes, very surprised like everybody else was. So, yeah, it was definitely like, thank you, uh, Joe, from the Kansas City Star. But it was definitely not expected and very, very surprising, obviously, when you get um, the article that he wrote and, you know, kind of why he voted for me and with the academics and the athletics and, you know, kind of the – his in his mind, that was kind of the – you know, epitome of, of college uh, sports and college football. And it's so very grateful. I mean, that's obviously great. And uh, it's, I get lots of comments, right? Wherever you go with the world of Google and the internet nowadays, people very quickly, you know, pick up on, Oh, you were a football player. Hey, you got a Heisman. Some people think I won the Heisman trophy that are not that much into sports. I'm like, well, I didn't win the Heisman trophy. I got a vote uh, for the Heisman trophy, but obviously very grateful that he would recognize me as like you just said at one double a safety um so i mean i very grateful and very thankful that you know the, that he was thinking of me and actually he had me on his radar which i don't know how so uh, but um, yeah i mean great accomplishments. very proud that that he wrote that article and, and totally agree with kind of how he decided on that and so yeah it's one of those very nice um conversation starters or it's usually somebody asking me about it. i don't Really bring it up, but I do get lots of comments of, of about my Heisman Trophy uh, vote. So yes, I'm very honored that he did that, and I was very, very surprised that uh, I did receive that.
1: Well, Vince, this has been outstanding. Your memory is beyond compare. No wonder you thrive as a doctor because I think you remembered everything. I didn't even have to lead a horse to water. You had it all all the way down, but I appreciate the time, man. This has been awesome catching up with you. and Thanks so much, and uh, best of luck with everything moving forward. Thanks. I appreciate the time. It seems like just yesterday and a lifetime ago that the University of Montana last claimed a football national championship. 20 years ago, the Grizz rolled to their second national title in seven years behind a montana-made roster featuring some of the most memorable figures in the history of the grizz while much has changed with the montana program and much has changed about missoula the one thing that hasn't changed is the trust folks around montana can have in first security bank first security bank has long been one of the fiercest supporters of the university of montana and its awesome sports teams and first security bank is proud to support grizz greats the 20th anniversary of Montana's 2001 National Champions, a 20-part podcast series with interviews and memories from that unforgettable run by the Grizz two decades ago. First Security Bank, proud supporters, ESPN Missoula, and the Grizz Greats podcast series.